You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My name is Quentin Crisco. I'm Brenda. Welcome back into the Bears Hopium Den, our summer podcast series on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer and podcaster for Windy City Gridiron. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of Bears Twitter. Now, why in the world would I give an entire episode just to talk about Bears Twitter? Well, if you write about the Bears and if you podcast about the Bears and if generally if you're creating content about the Bears, you're on Bears Twitter. You are on Twitter. You have to navigate through all of the debris like a linebacker trying to sift through traffic to make the tackle. It does take some level of effort to cultivate your timeline and to make sure that you're getting some good content. But after a while, it does become a source where you get information very quickly. You will know signings faster than you would if you were just updating websites regularly because you know, it becomes instant. A player says, hey, I'm going here, or the agent says, this player is going to go here. You know that very quickly when you're on Twitter, and you would have to wait a little bit more time to find that on a website for somebody to see that, go and write an article, and then publish it. And by the way, they publish it, pushing it to Twitter as well. And so in our society with that instant gratification, Twitter does really help that. Um, there's downsides of it, of course. I think that it holds enough presence in my life and the life of many of my colleagues that I thought it might be interesting to just have a couple people that I have met through Bears Twitter come onto the Hopium Den. We'll talk about the things that we've talked about with everybody else, and then we'll focus on that particular topic. And so today we're going to be talking with Quentin and Brenda, a couple people again that I've met through Bears Twitter. Quentin and Brenda come at Twitter from a very different way, but they both also have some similarities and why that they're engaging in Twitter. And they came to social media to find that network of Bears fans and to share their thoughts and to learn and to get and to get more knowledgeable as fans. And so there's a lot of difference between these two and there's a lot of similarities. And I thought that, that would be an interesting juxtaposition to bring those two on to have a conversation about this. So welcome to episode four. Episode five will uh, drop next Wednesday, and we're just going to keep moving through these conversations that I had all summer. Again, we're still planning on 10 episodes. Episode four starts now. Quentin speaks first. You can find me on Twitter at BuckusStats, um, write for ONTAP Sportsnet and podcast for Shaving Points Podcast. I've been a Bears fan since I saw Keith Trailer return a ball 60-some yards and not get the touchdown, but get the oxygen tank on the sideline. And I'm Brenda. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Brenda J. Weber, as are all my handles. Um, I'm based out of Iowa, and I've also I've been a Bears fan my whole whole entire life. All right. So 
origin story. So every superhero has an origin story. Every fan has an origin story. I want to know why you became a Bears fan. Like what what was the you know path to that? You know, was it a, you know your your family brought you into it, or you know you dated somebody, or you know you you like the colors? I don't care. Um, you know what the answer is, but like and I find the origin story very interesting. So so Q, you mentioned uh, trailer uh, tractor trailer running down the field, but you know, let's you know a little more. What yeah. what's your origin story as a Bears fan? Yeah, so I mean, my dad was a giant Bears fan, and so with the the Keith trailer stories like that was that 2001 season was when I was first starting to, you know, really get, get into football and like pay some more attention to it. But I wasn't at the point where I'd sit down and watch every game, no matter what. And I, I had something better to do that day. I remember probably like playing Grand Theft Auto or something, who knows, but um, I, I just, I was in the basement and I hear from upstairs, my dad just dying laughing. And I'm like, what's going on up there what can be so funny i gotta go up and see it thought you were just watching football and i've seen these replays of keith trailer and then i i just i didn't miss a game for the next few years after that <laughs> i just watched every game with him from there on out and it's just like trying to find somebody to take the ball from them and they're all like no, yeah no, keep going, keep it was going. it was incredible <laughs> it was you, you couldn't stop like it was it was hysterical just handing it off handing it off and then with the face mask on the sideline it was just great <laughs> and i would have been watching that in the dorm room in college but you're watching it at home at what age oh i was what 11 years old at the time okay. Young, young, and, and Brenda, yeah. I don't know if you even remember that game. So, <laughs> no, I'm trying to place it in my mind. And not. I'm starting to feel old. All right, Brenda, what about <laughs> what about you? What what's your origin story as a Bears fan? So, um, I've been a Bears fan my whole life. My dad's entire family is based out of Chicago. I still have family there, like in Chinatown and stuff. Unfortunately, when I was a kid, my my parents split up young, so I would go visit my dad's on the weekends, but we drive back on Sundays. So I didn't really get to watch any football mm. games as a kid. I watched a lot of basketball, um, but it wasn't until I got into high school and then college that I really started to pay attention. And then I just, I didn't miss a game. My ex at the time, it was a Vikings fan, which we <laughs> knew it shouldn't have. It know. never should have <laughs> So I take pride when, when whenever we beat the Vikings. But my husband was a Colts fan when I met him, and I turned him into a Bears fan. So now it's just all Bears all the time, every chance I get. <laughs> Guys, conversion. I love oh, it. yeah. He turned me into a Hawkeye fan, so I feel like it's a very fair you know, type of trade there. So. That's a nice trade. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up a Hawkeye fan myself. Oh. Uh, my husband and I used to joke um, back. He's a Colts fan. Because a bunch of Colts players or a bunch of Hawkeye players went to the Colts, hmm. but we had this joke when we first got together that um, we would watch the Bears until uh, it became postseason or playoffs, and then we'd watch Colts because the Bears would never be on. They're hibernating. Yeah, hibernating. Oh, whew. like that. So the the next question kind of rolls into this. So, what does this team mean to you? So. It, this can be like your day-to-day -day experience. You know, you, you got a lot of gear that you wear. Is it, you know, does it really just ramp up in the fall or is it something that's all year round? Is it very meaningful for family connections or relationships or friendships? You know, like just like on a, on a real molecular level, what does this team mean to you? 
It's actually kind of a tough question to really think through. I mean, uh, the first place I'd start is just my family with my dad. It's something that we're, we're always talking about, always, you know, just anytime we're on the phone or in person, the bears somehow come up eventually. But from a day-to-day standpoint, it's just, it's something outside of anything going on in real life. You know, it's something that is always there that you can kind of get some entertainment out of, get some, some time away from whatever you might be dealing with. And it's like football. I love football. You know, it just, I, I don't know if that, that's a good explanation. I don't know if I can really explain it. It's just always, it's, it's always pulling me back the second I step away from it. Uh, football in general or, or, or the bears, the, the bears, the bears. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I think football would kind of, even if, even if the bears just somehow cease to exist, I'd still be a big football fan, but I wouldn't put the the kind of time that I put into it now it wouldn't be the same kind of return for me personally. You know, it's just, uh, it, there, there's a personal aspect of it's almost like I, I, I get so much enjoyment out of seeing them do well and really getting to know everything about these players, these coaches and, uh, the schematic side of it and trying to to see it through their eyes whenever I can, that it's just, it, it's, it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for the bears. Brenda, what about you? How would you describe your relationship with the Chicago bears? I've always loved them. Like I said, I didn't really start watching and paying attention in, until like I got, you know, maybe the high, late high school, early college level. Um, but then it became like, everyone knew I was a bears fan. Like, across everything they knew I was short and I was a Bears fan (laughs) (laughs) and so it was it was when bear season would come around like my friends would mute my Twitter because I would just constantly during games and and now I've I've come across this I've really engaged within the Bears community on Twitter and so that's been a nice um thing to really to have that because I it, it's always just kind of been me. Like my dad still lives in California. My husband likes the bears, but I don't have anyone else that's like bears except for Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even my, my kid, he's my stepson, his other family likes the Patriots. So it's like this constant, like, ugh. When he started with a P, I thought that was going to go an even worse yeah, direction. No, oh, so. no. Oh, I would have <laughs> like, when we even join the family, <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be way worse. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the Twitter stuff in a little bit, but I think that that you know finding that community is important, and is. and you know as long as we well we'll get into that question later. So this one's an easy one. So or well maybe it's a hard one, but this is the fun one. I'll put it this way. So favorite player, and I want you to answer it two ways. One is your favorite player of all time. If you're uh, no one will ever answer this, but um, you know, if you're a nerd and you like to to read the history and, and you listen to like my podcast series about Bears history, and you're like, I just love Bronco Nagurski, that's a that's a fair answer. But if it's you know someone that you saw growing up that you know had you fall in love with the team or someone that you know is is recent, but I want you to answer this with your all time favorite player, and then I need you to tell me on the current roster who your favorite player is. Yeah, so all time, I think it's uh. If you, if you ever see me on Twitter, it's kind of obvious. My name is Buckus Stats. My name is not Buckus. 
So Dick Buckus is, I mean, I never got to see him play, obviously, but I just, I love the stories about him, the legend behind him. Like I love watching uh, the old clips and players talking about what it was like to play against him. It's just, he, I feel like he embodies everything that is the Chicago Bears, what he did on the field uh, in good and bad ways. But he's, I, I just think he's the perfect linebacker and exactly what I think of when I think of the Chicago Bears. On the current roster, I probably have to go with Eddie Jackson. I know he's been beaten up by the fan base the last few years and, and some rough tackling, but I, I still think he's such a talented safety. And the more I've kind of started to watch coverages the last year or two and really try to understand them better – just to see the things that he does out there is is it's impressive and it's it's hard to unsee after I've started noticing it. So just his versatility out there and it seems like he's really bought into the new staff with the real uh, team first kind of mentality, which you love to see. And that's that's why I think he's at the top of the list right now. I want to follow up on the Buckus answer because you never got to see him play. So right. So how does that? And, and you, you know, you've gone so far as to name your Twitter account after Buckus. And did Buckus follow you when he was well, him or his son, whatever yeah. it was, was briefly active on Twitter? Did, did he yeah. end up following you? Yeah, he did. Uh, fairly early. I somehow, when I first saw it, I was just like, maybe this is really him. I'll retweet it for him. When he had like 100 followers and he followed me right away. <laughs> and it ended up actually being him. So I was, uh, I was pretty proud of that one. So, so how did, how did you come to that decision that like this guy that you hadn't actually ever seen play, this would be your favorite player. Is it your dad's favorite player or like, was it just like purely NFL films? No. So my dad's favorite player is probably Singletary because he, he, he was in his twenties and the eighties and loved watching Singletary. Um, it's really NFL film stuff. Uh, you know, I've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole many times in my life. I'm Dick Buckkiss and just, the thing that always stands out to me is the sheer like respect that all, everyone they talk to played against him, that everyone just, it, it's, there's no question that Dick Buckus was great. You know, that he was, and the tackling that you see in the, in the limited film that you get, it's just, you see him making like one handed interceptions and then taunting the guy with the ball. Like it's just, it's great. It, I mean, it's stuff that you can't even do with the NFL anymore, but it's, I, I love it. I just, it, it, I fell in love with those, those, those videos I found probably in high school. And just ever since then, it's been about is He's, he's, he's the top dog. Cool. Brenda, what about you? What, who's, who's been your favorite all-time player? And then who, who's the guy on the roster now that you're into? All time, I'm really torn between Erlacher and Peanut Tillman. When I really started watching, we had such a good defense, the Monsters of the Midway. I just, I loved it so much. Originally, I would have said Erlacher, um, but I think Charles Tillman has grown even more on me as of, as of recent. And then on the current roster, I'm going to go with Roquan Smith, just Again, just impeccable tackling and just seeing an amazing defensive player in Chicago. It just warms warms my heart. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get it back. 
next next question is how do you watch games so you know some people go to all the games uh some people like to watch them by themselves you know isolation chamber because you know they they don't they they can't be bothered or some people like a lot of people people like to go to the bar so you know how do you watch games and then rituals like you know do you wear the same shirt if they win you keep wearing it or you know do you do you like to you know do certain things with your you know you got a sock thing, whatever. Like there's, there's always some sports rituals that come with being a fan. I'm curious if you, if you've carried any of those. So how I watch games, I am an absolute hermit on Sundays during football season. I want to go into the room I'm in right now where I got two TVs and I can put on red zone on one and watch the game. I want to watch on the other and like take some notes if I, if I choose to, and just fully focus on the game and not be distracted. Um, I, I started that, started doing that maybe four years ago. And I've just, I've really enjoyed watching like that. Before that I was more watching with other people out at bars and stuff. Um, but I found that I just, I really like the kind of solitary aspect of it. As far as superstitions go, they kind of change year to year depending on what's working because I'm obviously the reason the Bears are winning or losing. So, <laughs> you know, whatever I'm doing, I did something wrong. But <laughs> like in uh, in 2018, I think I wore the the same shirt almost every time and just like little things like that, like, you know, have I, if they lose the game, it's like, did I just wash this shirt? why'd I do that? <laughs> like, you know, stuff that makes no sense, but it, it's so, something in, in our brains as fans is like, that's why this happened. <laughs> what about you, Brenda? What's your ritual and, and uh, how do you watch the games? So uh, the way I watch the games is I like to just like me and my husband or me, my husband and my kid. And sometimes my kid, I have to kick him out because he, talks too much through the whole thing and like, you go play video games or something like you're distracting me <laughs> um but i like i can't have friends over again i don't have bears fans here that i can like we can all just watch together so um i like to just watch it by myself any of my friends don't even like football enough for me to invite them over i went I went to a Super Bowl party. It was my neighbors. I love them, but no one watched the game and it drove me crazy. So I have to, I have to be able to watch it and pay attention and see what's going on and tweet at the same time, which is also obviously so important. Um, but <laughs> as, as far as rituals, I try to always wear a jersey and I always have, uh, like last year, I always started with the same coffee mug that says like bear's mom on it and i have to watch it in the same room like i can't i can't leave like if i started it somewhere if i started you know wearing these socks like i can't change i can't i like i started it and i have to finish it like the whole way through like i don't know i'm like naggy no halftime adjustments um, but that's that's probably it. And that's just kind of how I've I've always been. I've always been pretty superstitious as far as um, watching any sports, whether it's 
like even basketball, I always had to do during the Bulls games. I had to make sure I commented the eyes and the red circle, to, you know, right before every game. I had to make sure that I did that, even though, you know, it obviously didn't help. <laughs> so what jerseys do you have? I have three and they're the only three like I've ever owned. One is an Erlacher one. And it was like the first one I got. And I was so proud of it. Um, and it was like the real stitching. I was so excited. Um, and then I have one that just is white and it says Brenda. And then I wore that one to the very first Bears game I went to. And then they were also selling the um, like the throwback, like really dark navy with the, the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up getting that while at the game and I changed before the game started. And that's like that's like my go to jersey now that I wear pretty much all the time. Well, during every game. Who's who's jersey? Uh, it's a number seven. It's a custom. So I don't so that I can keep wearing it. <laughs> oh, so it's just your lucky number. Seven is my lucky number. It, it, okay. You know, it's a happy coincidence that it's a retired number. So. You know who it's retired for, right? Yeah, and I'm blanking on the name. That's why I was stalling. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> George Hallis. George Hallis. Yeah. Okay. Papa uh, Bear. And then so. uh, Ed Sprinkle. I'm glad you didn't more. turn that to me. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have an answer. <laughs> well, what's funny is that they. All right. So here's uh, the nerdy, but the the nerdiness of it all is that Hallis wore number seven, so he would have played. You know, I think through like 1926 or something. Yeah, I mean they're they but he never wore that jersey, right? So so when they came out with those throwback jerseys, the guy that actually would have worn that jersey is Ed Sprinkle, who is a fantastic deep dive. He's he's like Buckus, but you know, two decades earlier. Um and he's he's this like crazy dude, uh, you know, just mean defensive end, and he was like the first real pass rusher in the in, in the NFL. He would have actually worn that that style of Jersey with that number oh. seven. And then they t retired the numbers later. So, so it's actually yeah. two hall of famers with that number. So it's, that's a, it's a pretty and cool. Me. And so you, I mean... so three hall of famers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next question I have is about the stadium. So one of the big off season stories is, you know, bears moving to Arlington Heights. They've got land acquired, you know, they're looking to build a new stadium. Obviously new stadiums going up all around the NFL. Bears are an old stadium, smallest capacity stadium, you know, giant fan base, giant city. So question to you guys is, does this matter to you? Are you in favor of a new stadium? Do you think that's a good idea? And what would you want to see with it if they do end up building it? What's your feelings on leaving Soldier Field? I am in favor of it. Absolutely. Just the extra income that they can generate, that being able to upgrade their facilities for game day for players that can't hurt anything i i don't know what the facilities at soldier field are like obviously the ones at house hall are very nice but the game day facilities i don't know um but i would also be lying if i said it didn't hurt me a little bit the thought of them leaving soldier field growing up i, I, I was always so it's still to this day just so proud of soldier field for whatever Chicago pride reason I have I just the, the the flyover is just gorgeous right on the lakefront there's so much that I've just always loved about it and it'll suck to see them leave there but getting better turf 
better a better locker room facilities there and more income to the team to be able to do more spending as in some capacity. It might not always be under the salary cap, but more spending that can help the team out is something I think I'm for. And I just I would love to see a Super Bowl or a Final Four in Chicago. And I know that Chicago, like Chicago is the type of city that they're gonna be wanting wanting to come to if they have the ability with a with a new big stadium there. So yeah, ultimately I'm for it, uh, with a little bit of disdain towards the thought of it. But Brenda, what about you? You you, you traveled back and forth to Chicago. So did you spend an, any time in Soldier Field? Does it have a special place in your heart or are you uh, ready for a new stadium? I do feel since I'm not a true Chicagoan that I I don't have a you know I'm not able to really weigh in on this. I obviously a new a new stadium would be amazing. And like like you said, the the money that it could generate and upgrade the turf and like if I could go to a game where it's not freezing, I'm not built for the cold. I hate the cold. So that would be great. I mean, we don't the Bears have never done well in cold weather anyway, so that doesn't factor in. Um, not having such a, you know, bad grass that we all, they all slip on. And, you know, some of those things would be nice. And I, I think it would be great to have a new, a new stadium. Um, and the thought of, of having like a Super Bowl there especially since Chicago, Chicago is a huge city. It's a top five city. Like how, how do they not have something that's just incredible? They should, they deserve it. The people deserve it. So I, those, those are my thoughts, but I've only been to, I've only been to Soldier Field once. It was amazing. I loved it. I will forever treasure it, but it's also because it's the bears and I will follow the bears wherever they go. Yeah. Fun fact. I've only, so I grew up about 20, 20 to 25 miles outside the city. I only went to Soldier Field once when I lived there. So it was so hard to get tickets and so expensive and just like, you know, I I lived there for 18 years. I only got there once. So that's an upside of the new stadium, adding that, adding to that capacity. Right. Yeah. You know, because there's so many other stadiums that are, have so much more room and, you know, the thought of of having more spaces, especially for people who want to get like season tickets. Like that's just gotta yeah. be insane and impossible right now with, with how small it is. The, what's the the wait list is like multiple years, isn't it? I, right. I guess it's not years, it's a number of people that need to <laughs> yeah. get when behind. Those people die, it'll go to their kids and then if they wanna sell them. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, so this is the, the theme of, of, this, of this particular episode, and I, and I wanted to bring on a couple of people um, that I've interacted with on Bear's Twitter that I didn't have in a different show. Thank you for doing this. And I want to talk about Bear's Twitter specifically because I find myself spending a lot of time on Twitter. I have to, I think, as a writer and a podcaster, content creator to share my stuff. And it's a way to interact with people. And occasionally you get to interact with national writers. Not that that happens very often, but you know, every once in a while there's there's some you know overlap. And you guys are both better at Twitter than I am, if we look at numbers. And so um, I think it's fair for you to speak with authority on, you know, how, you know, how you interact with with this sometimes terrible and sometimes fun website, and you know what it what it is in your daily life, and and what this bears community that's on Twitter means to you, and and how you interact with it. So, uh, Q, what why yeah. are you why are you in the hellscape of Bears Twitter? So I'll go back to when I started the account a few years ago. Um, at the time, I was just a lowly guy posting random original content on the Bear subreddit and just doing that for you know no real reason, just because I like the Bears. And I was starting to build up so much just stat content on my computer that was like, man, I got to do something with this or I got to delete it. And I don't want to delete it. <laughs> so it was, I, I just kind of thought like, maybe I'll just make a Twitter account, see if it picks up any traction. It just started out as like something to see if I could kind of, you know, build any following there, maybe get into writing or podcasting or whatever else might come with it. And it became so much more than that. Like the bears Twitter is just, it's so supportive of people who put out good content and it there it's so people just jumped on so fast to following me, sharing my stuff, telling other people to follow me that it was just, I mean, I, I don't even have words for it. It was incredible. And it, it, it means a lot to me the way that it did blow up because it, it's still to this day, you know, it gives me a lot of purpose to what I enjoy to do beyond just my enjoyment. You know, it's it's my enjoyment. I'm helping other people on, or trying to help other people understand the game better while also learning the game better myself through it, through finding questions that I wouldn't have asked myself that someone else asked me, you know, and digging into that. And it's, Bear's Twitter, like you said, it can get rough sometimes, but for the most part, as long I've found as long as you keep it respectful, and mute the accounts who aren't respectful, you get by great. <laughs> Brenda, what about you? So um, originally I started tweeting about the Bears with a different account right out of college and some during college. And I got a lot of feedback. It was, it was really cool. <clears throat> like I said, 
my friends that weren't interested in football would mute me because they'd be like, oh, it's Sunday. Like Brenda's just talking about the Bears and what's going on in the game. And then um, I kind of stopped. Um, I, w- I continued watching, but it wasn't until really this last year. Sorry. I really got into Twitter again, and I'm so glad I did. And I just, I just kind of started tweeting very similar to what I was already doing or what I had done in the past. And it just, there was like such a, a bigger community than what I had before. Um, it was just amazing. And again, every, so, so supportive. I haven't had to deal with the, what I would normally deal with as a woman talking about sports with Bears Twitter, like at all, um, like there's been, you know, some outliers or like people that don't follow me might have a comment or two, but really it's just, it's been supportive and people encouraging me to tweet more and get on podcasts and stuff like that. So it really not only, you know, helped fuel my love for the Bears, but it gave me a place to, to talk about Bears football that I, again, I didn't, I didn't have whatsoever. My family, it's, it's really just my dad (laughs) that I can talk to with football and he's in California. So, and then, you know, my husband and that's it. None of my friends care about football. They, they all suck. (laughs) I was going to say, any better friends. I I know. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, like I'm not from the area and also I just stay at home all the time. It's so, Like, I'm not helping myself in any way whatsoever as to why I don't have friends, but I have Bears Twitter. And what more do you need? Don't go to Bears Facebook. Bears Facebook is a show. Bears Twitter at least kind of knows what it's talking about sometimes. It is, there's a balance. And if you find kind of the, a lot of the people that like I get to interact with on like a regular basis are all wonderful human beings. But it's not just full of that. It's full of everyone. And so you, you kind of have to take the good with the bad, but. It, it's kind of like one of the things that I've had a hard time with since getting on Twitter and like uh, starting to get a following and like ha- having what I say matter a little bit, like is for most of my life, like I kind of looked at it as like, I, I, I'm going to have an opinion but then like, I'm going to trust the guys who are doing it. So like when, when they drafted Trubisky, it was like, at first I was not happy with it. And then I started talking myself into it and kind of getting out of that mindset and being able to find like reasoning behind my opinion more and being supporting my opinion more has been, it's, it's been a kind of a tough adjustment for me over the years because it's, you're putting yourself out there a little more, you know, you're not. And before that it was my, my thoughts were kind of, and I mean, that's why I, I believe Trubisky was the guy. I didn't like the pick, but I was trusting him and I could, I could squint and see, think I see what they see. So let's see if it works out. It was kind of my mindset, but now it's, it's kind of like if I'm out here putting out content, I can't take that stance. You know, I need to really try to form an opinion Mm -hmm. and explain it, you know, which is, it's just, it's just a different standpoint. You gotta be, because you're going on the record. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's firm with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different yeah, it's a different world. I don't know that my opinion matters, but you know, I'm on <laughs> multiple podcasts all the time and yeah, they, they get not, downloaded. Not say, so it's like, well not to say it matters. Yeah, but you know, someone that, listens doesn't to matter. it, even don't if it's just yourself three people. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I just wanna I just wanna create yeah, like good content that elevates the, the, the discourse, you know, and doesn't get in, yeah. in mudslinging and and or the like extremes like this team sucks they're terrible they're going to be awful or they're going to be great be- because i love them and and i'm just going to will it into existence and it's like <laughs> and it's like well you know, okay like i i feel like we can at least offer some some fair analysis of of what we see and i watch so much yeah. football that it's like why why not make this into something a little more and i like to write you know yeah. i like i do the math stuff too but i just that i it's not that's not the only thing i want to do <laughs> You right. know, like like you are, you've got your niche, and Jay Wood's got you know, and yeah, I just no, trust me, I, I don't take that in any negative way. I love the math. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I I like the graph. I like making the graphics, yeah. and I like you know, I I just want to make sure we're we're not going too far with just the analytics stuff because it's not baseball, yeah. you know, and or when we get into like, hey man, not not that you do this, but like, hey man, PFF grades, you know, have this guy this, and I chart it, and it's like ah it's a black box is it replicable like i you know i I get my scientist in me and i can't you know i can't help myself really that's one of my goals in most of the stuff i do is to try to try to bridge like logic and understanding of scheme and concept and film and how it all works together with the math because i i like just the analytics standing alone they don't really stand up very well it's all meant to be work together you know Right, right. That and that's a worthy bridge to build, um, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask just a, a one follow up on Bear's Twitter, and then we'll move to final thoughts. But someone that's not on Twitter right now, that's listening to this podcast, would you recommend that they dip their toe into the water and and try to find this Bears community? Yeah, I absolutely would. Like I, like I already said, it's very supportive of quality content, whether you're a content creator or not. It's just a fun place to be. And one of the things that I, I kind of find in it is there's a lot of just funny content within it. So if you're, if you just, if you like football and just want some laughs, it's there. But if you, if you like football and want to learn as much as you possibly can about it, there's also a lot there for you too. And there's a lot in between all of that. So it's a great spot to be a football fan. It's a great community to participate in. No, I, I 100% agree with that. It To be able to talk to other people while the game's going on, before the game, after the game. Um, see, the news is so instant um, with Twitter, um, which is good or bad. But... But like you said, being being able to learn um, from Twitter, that I think that's been one of my favorite parts. Is I'm I only know what I know, and being able to interact with other people that that know more than me or have different insight than I do um, has been really beneficial. While watching the games, you know, just seeing things uh, through a different perspective. Um, I I didn't play football except flag football. Um, because my mom wouldn't let me because I'm only four foot nine. Um, I tried. I wanted to so bad. Um, but so I, I don't have uh, some of uh, some of those 
things that that other people do the the insight and so trying to get it you know secondhand at bear's twitter is just great and i think so the, com the community is wonderful also um i don't feel i don't feel like i can ask dumb questions i don't feel like my opinion is not is unworthy on there um and there is good discourse so uh, all around i feel whatever it is that you're looking for you can you can find it with bear's twitter all right. So final thoughts. Um, take it where you want. You want to talk about this season? You want to talk about near future, far future? You want to talk about just your thoughts on being a Bears fan? Um, how much navy and orange you have in your closet? I don't care. But whatever, <laughs> it's open to you. Final thoughts. So I'm going to take it back to something that was kind of mentioned a little bit earlier with um, the kind of the culture that Nagy built. And this was something that I, I started to worry about in like probably a little too late, but not that I could have done anything about it. But in 2021 was like, I started to think this through is like, and not to say that I'm a big John Fox fan or anything, but John Fox can build a culture of holding players accountable and playing disciplined football. It seemed, maybe that was Vic. I don't know, but it seemed like Nagy inherited that and it worked out great in year one. And every year after that started sliding a little more and a little more. And it's one of the reasons why I do like Eber Flues a lot for this team is I think he's a guy who's going to bring that accountability instantly and that discipline and uh, hold players up to his standard. And if they're not bringing players that will meet, meet his standard. Um, so that's one thing I'm excited to watch this year see the development of young guys, see how guys grow, see how the team just grows all as one, not as individuals. Um, I almost, I almost, I know it's kind of cheap to, to, to keep mentioning Lovey just because it's a cover two guy. When Lovey, in Lovey's first year here, I don't know, that was, what, 2004? The Bears, you know, they, they started off rough. They Rex Gross went down like week one or week two and they had no quarterback and it was Thomas Jones still got a thousand yards somehow. And they were winning some games down the stretch that didn't matter, but you could kind of see that team for you, you. Like they beat, I remember they beat the Packers on at Christmas day. I think it was a Christmas Eve. And it was like, they shouldn't have beaten the Packers that game, but some guy that some linebacker that no one had ever heard of named Lance Briggs got an interception. And that's, that's where this stuff starts, you know? So that's something I'm excited to see this year is these young guys who are hopefully going to be the guys that we're eventually seeing as Lance Briggs that we know now. Something that I'm really watching for this year. Brenda? Uh, to, to go along with that, just hearing Lance Briggs' name is like, fills me with so much happiness to, to think back to that time. I think, I want to say it was the 05 season. It was the 06 Super Bowl. I mean, we had three quarterbacks that season. And just imagining that that team there, but with like, I don't know, someone competent. Or like, I don't know, just one quarterback, like the whole season that played all the way through with the team. Like, that would have been incredible. And I, I, I just – it's it's all new you know we have we have some new guys obviously all the staff is new and just what what could be you know it's it's so exciting to what 
as to what this could turn into. You know, it's not it's not like like last season was so depressing. Like just going into the season, knowing that Nagy was still the coach, that it was it could only be the the same thing over and over again. It was just sad. Even even bringing Justin Fields in, you knew, you knew it had uh, it can only go so far. And so I think I'm just so hopeful for what what this team could become. And, and like you said, like you know, is some of these players going to be the next Lance Briggs? Is, and again, and again, I love the defense, so I just I I always go back to them. But this, this is true. Habit of a Bears fan. I, you know, it it is, it is. That's that's why watching like when I again watching Colts games with my husband, it was like, oh, it was Peyton Manning just throwing the ball while willy nilly, and and the defense is doing nothing because they don't have to. <laughs> As Bears fans, I think we're all Buddy Ryan when he said, "What was it? The quarterbacks are pompous, uh, and they deserve to be hurt." Or something like that. That's a Bears fan. That's yeah, what that's Bears fans think. Even about their quarterback a lot of the time. Yeah, like yeah. his ideal game was a two to nothing win. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, but I I think there's there's a lot a lot that can be accomplished. Um, you know, even just the the what we're hearing out of you know rookie minicamps and OTAs is just it just. Um, it's so exciting. The unknown. It's all unknown um, because they've never, we've never had this, this team, this staff, this coach, you know, what, what could happen? It's who knows. So I, and that, I, I, I feel like that's the, the part of me that it, it's getting rid of being so sad and depressed about that. It's just, well, we know it's not going to be worse. So, <laughs> but oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. No, I'm just, it's just excitement. I'm just, I can't wait for this season to start. I can't see, wait to see what these guys really can do. Even just the first couple games, you know, what they're capable of with this new regime. And then come, you know, the, the final games of the season where, where they'll be at in comparison to where they started just just excitement just excitement right now because we're everyone has the the same record today (laughs) we have zero wins all of us but zero losses easiest time of the year to sell hope oh yes god i'm so hopeful and excited but you know ask i don't ask that question again after the first game and see where i'm at And that was my conversation with Brenda and Quentin from back in May, talking about Bears Twitter and everything else about being a Bears fan. Really want to thank them for their time. Really good conversation. If you're not on Bears Twitter, you know, maybe look into it. I can't guarantee that it's the right thing for you. And if you have avoided that particular social media, I totally respect that. And maybe that's the best choice for you. But there are a lot of good people on Bears Twitter. There is a good community there. And I think that If you find that community and you're willing to sift through some of the other stuff, block some people, uh, do what you have to do to to cultivate a a good timeline uh, with it, it can be a valuable experience and it can be a a community that helps us all grow together as fans. So 
Hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I had recording it. If you are on Twitter or are going to join up, find me at Gridironborn. I hope you guys are all enjoying your summer. And until next week, bear down.